another fabulous episode of Pageants and Prosecco. I know you guys can hear that echo in here. I sincerely appreciate you guys tuning into every single episode that I provide for you. And I hope you guys are really getting some great gems and content and information from all of my guests that are sipping along with us on this episode. So today I am talking to Charlene Reinhardt. She is from the Career Goddess Academy, also known as the Dividend Queen. And this episode is going to be about money. Okay, we are talking about money. So uh, get your notebooks out, get that pen and paper ready to go because you guys are going to need to take copious notes today. Charlene gives us so many tips on how we can make money from our money. Ultimately, we have a conversation on stocks, on dividends, what is a dividend, and how dividends can pay you back four times a year, how to save your money, um, resources that there are out there, and her books about one is called Dividend Queen, and just how to master your life and up grade your thinking altogether. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Charlene was a former Ms. Corporate America in 2015, title holder, as you guys will hear. And she started off as a CPA. Well, I guess she didn't start off sharp as a baby, technically, but her background is in accounting and she was a certified public accountant. And she decided to just make a whole mindset mindset and life change by leaving her corporate job after she won Miss Corporate America. So we're going to talk to her about how that decision, how winning influenced this decision to live life to the fullest and to really go out and do what you want to do. Part of the things that she did when she got the title and the life afterwards was um, open up her own business. She started her own blog about financial moves that you can make as a woman and just making money terms easier and saving easier. She also had the opportunity to drop everything, travel the world, and go dance and sing there with, with a whole bunch of strangers in all these fun places and countries. We're going to get into all this in this episode. I recorded this on YouTube. If you guys want to watch the video to this episode, it is on YouTube. We have a channel now, so please subscribe and tune in. It is Pageants and Prosecco, obviously, on YouTube. So stay tuned. Um, and I think this is going to be a great episode. Get your glasses ready because you're going to need it, along with those pens and papers. Because I'm telling you, when she tells us these gems... And 2020 has been a year when people have been thinking about their money, especially when it comes to the stocks and our stimmies that we just got third round, waiting for round number four, we need four, five, and six in the talks. <laughs> but people have been really focused on money, at least I have, in the last few months, especially with the stock market going crazy because of GameStop and all that fun stuff. So... 
Charlene is going to break it all down for us, and I appreciate her brain and letting us pick it for this next hour. I appreciate you guys so much for tuning in, and let's get started on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can see me and you can see Charlene and us in action. Or just continue listening to here. Audio is always the best. I know you like me in your ears anyway. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Pageants and Prosecco. I am so excited to get started on today's episode. We are talking money and money moves, and we have a financial guru talking to us today to kind of get our budget together and get our money situation together. So I hope you guys have your glasses ready to go, because this is going to be a great episode. So let me go ahead and tell you guys who I have on the show for to you today. This is one of my pageant friends from kind of like, um, I guess online. I never really met Charlene uh, in person, I don't think. But she's from Illinois. And you know, Illinois is a crazy pageant state and we're all kind of close and we're all connected anyway. So Charlene paid off all of her student loan debt at just 22 years old, you guys. We're talking to an accountant today. She became a certified public accountant at 23 and left her dream job to live her dream job she left her dream job to live her dream life at 28. In 2015, Charlene won the title of Ms. Corporate America 2015. She used her pageant experiences to become a brand ambassador, an actress, and writer. Now Charlene helps other, others achieve their goals and fund their dreams through the Career Goddess Academy and Wealthy Women Daily. She is also the author of Dividends Are a Queen's Best Friend, and how to find happiness again. For more information, I have a link to Charlene's courses and her programs down in the description of the bio. So check that out, dividendqueen.com. And let's go ahead and give a nice pageant of Prosecco warm welcome to the guest of honor, the guestess of honor for today, Charlene Reinhardt. Hello, Hi. Charlene. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm pumped about this interview. I see you everywhere, so I'm so excited to share some <laughs> good money stuff to make sure everybody is, hey, keeping more of their money. <laughs> yes, yes. And I want to talk to you because it's kind of like a timely issue now. People are kind of concerned with their money because we're getting our stimulus checks. Um, people are investing more and, you know, the whole GameStop situation. And I've been following you for a long time. I think since you won Miss Corporate America in 2015. And I always see you posting about portfolios and stocks and how dividends, you used to have more dividends in your shoe collection. And I'm just like, what is she talking about? Maybe I should, maybe I should kind of know this stuff, but it kind of goes over your head until you get older and you got a budget. <laughs> It is not talked about. Nobody talks about this in school. So how would we know? Right. Financial literacy is something that we definitely need. Definitely need. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, let's talk about you and your come up. 
how did you even decide to get into the finance world? I know you became a public accountant, but what made you interested in the money field in the first place? Yeah, so it was so funny because when I was in college, I was double majoring in accounting and finance and minoring in community service studies. Came to the point my senior year, I had to choose where do I want to go because I did a lot of work in education. I taught in schools, but I also worked in financial services and with big four firms. So I was on edge deciding between Teach for America or financial services. That was a tough decision because I love to teach. But it was during the recession and I realized if I can gain certain skills working with the corporation, I can transfer that over to the education system later. So I started my career as a financial analyst and moved up to different roles and also started doing pageantry at the same time. But so, oh, so you started pageantry later in your life, like in your 20s? I did. So I started after I became a certified public accountant. So I became a CPA. And at that moment, I was like, I want to do something different. I want to do something I've never done before. Since I passed this test, let me do something completely for me. And right. when I started my pageant journey in 2010. Oh, my goodness. So this just a little bit over 11 years ago. Is that when you went to Miss Corporate America? Was that your first competition? No, I started competing in pageants in Illinois. So I actually lost four pageants in a row before I won my first pageant. Now, Anybody, <laughs> I call myself the queen of rejection. <laughs> so many times, like I remember being on the stage with less than seven contestants. I didn't even get called for the top four. So that can be damaging to the self-esteem. But you know what? I learned so much competing in patents. It just wasn't about, about the crown. It was about so much more. I really wanted to become a person that I was proud of and be able to give back in a in a greater way. And I knew pageantry was that platform, that microphone that would allow me to do that. Oh, wow. So take us back to that moment in 2010 when you were signing up for your first pageant to compete in. Did you know what system you wanted to do or did you just know that you wanted to compete in a pageant and you just looking for certain systems? I did not know what system. So it was so funny. I was online. I was researching pageant girls, see what they had done. And <laughs> the USA system caught my eye. So I applied for that. But at the same time, I was on my on the phone with my mom and I was telling her, I am so exhausted. I am working 70 hours a week. I'm studying for this CPA exam. I need more purpose, more meaning in my life. And someone called me on the other line. It was the representatives from the Miss Illinois USA organization to tell me that I got accepted to do the pageant. And I was like, oh, my God, that has to be a sign that. I need to be in pageantry. This is what the outlet is. So that's how I got started. And I worked with people in Illinois who had won pageants just so I can understand what it was actually like to be in a pageant. But right. I knew it was a self-development experience that would take me outside of my comfort zone. Because let's be real, if you are an accountant or any type of behind the scenes uh, role you're taking on, you're probably an introvert. You probably don't like being in the spotlight. So. <laughs> That was my push to get out there. And I knew that if I could do out there, if I could be comfortable being in a swimsuit in front of complete strangers, what else could I do in my career and my life? So it was about me becoming this bold person. I wanted to be able to make bold moves. And that was the start of that. And, you know, and I, like I said, I've been following you for a minute now. We haven't actually met in person. I feel like I know you. And I know one of the other bold moves was you went to go dance. Like you went on a world tour to go dance. <laughs> 
<laughs> girl, people were like, what is she doing? <laughs> it was so funny because I was the CPA, built my career in financial services. And at 28 years old, I decided to pack my bags and go sing and dance around the world with a hundred strangers <laughs> I did not know, had never seen before. And I lived with strangers. So that was one of the boldest moves I made because I went to college in Chicago. I had never really left for an extended period of time. So me traveling beyond Chicago for an extended period of time was huge. Right, right. <laughs> I can only imagine like the, the culture differences and everything too, just like leaving the city and just being anywhere else on the planet. It's a whole different vibe. Definitely. Definitely. And staying with different families who may not even speak English. So mm -hmm. it was really a chance for me to learn how to ask questions. If you want to know something, if you're curious about anything, you have to be willing to ask that question because maybe you can get that too, or maybe you can bridge those communication barriers or just build a great relationship with somebody just because you were curious enough to ask that question. I love that. I love that. So were you just like living a life that was just bold and fearless at this moment? Like, were you just like, you know what, any opportunity that comes my way, I'm just going to try to take it. Were you on a bold track during your late 20s? I was because I quit my job. <laughs> so I had to be on the bold track. Like, girl, I did not plan to quit my job. Wow. I did not plan for that to happen. But once I won the pageant, I knew that I could not continue living the same life I was living. And so I went to work and they asked me to let them know everything that I was going to do as Miss Corporate America. They told me to let them know my speaking appearance, just everything. And I was thinking to myself, that's a bit much. Maybe I should quit right now and pick up my career later on, take a career pause so that I can have this freedom and flexibility to live how I want to live at least this one year, just one year bonus, what would happen if you gave yourself permission to do everything that was always on your mind? Right. And I can only imagine being an accountant. You're in the you're in the office all day. So you're not even like moving about for your job. I can imagine you're sitting at a desk crunching numbers all day. Is that kind of what the life was? Pretty much. You you're networking, you know, just like at any other job, but primary focus is making sure those numbers are right. So I'm getting cross-eyed looking at those spreadsheets. It was fun. I learned a lot. But balance is key in your life. You want to have that chance to use certain times in your life to do certain things. Like, yeah, maybe I'll go back to it in later, later in my life. But in my late 20s, I really wanted to do some exploration because you may not have that chance again. I never wanted to be 60 years old and <laughs> you know, leave my job retired and I end up dying the next week. No, <laughs> I wanted to explore, have fun and do those things in my late 20s. I feel like I can't imagine a six, six year old singing and dancing around the world exactly. with these young people. And they're like, sir, you probably should have had your moment already. Exactly. Certain <laughs> things are not even may not even be possible for you when you're 60 and 70. So yeah. you have to be able to take the chance, be bold, be smart about what you're doing. But if you, if it's something in your heart, do it because you'll have time to make up for that. You know, and a lot of people are like, oh, will you ever be able to get a job again? Yeah. If I prove myself worthy of getting a job, there are always opportunities around you. You never have to stay or settle with one opportunity. As long as you keep growing, opportunities will keep flowing. And I truly believe that. As long as you keep growing, opportunities will keep flowing. I love that. I need to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> so upon winning the Miss 
Illinois Corporate America title. Um, then you went on to Miss Corporate America, and it was in Orlando, Florida, correct? So it was only one pageant. So I represented Chicago at the Miss Corporate America pageant that was held in Orlando, Florida. Okay. Okay. Nice. Mm -hmm. So had you competed at a national pageant before? That was my first time. Wow. What were some of the biggest challenges you saw competing at nationals as opposed to competing for state? Oh my God. Yeah, great question. It was such a challenge because the people here were not just in their 20s. I was one of the younger people there. There were people ages 21 to some somebody I believe was in their 40s or 50s. Wow. And so competing with, not just competing with, you're, you're also growing with people who are experienced, who may have had 20 years of work experience. Some people have written books. So you have to get over that comparison thing, just like with social media. When you're competing in a pageant, if you're too busy focused on somebody else, you won't be able to make moves in your own lane. Right. And so I believe for me, I had to stay focused on what my gifts were, what I can contribute to the pageant, and how I wanted to make the, make an impact in the space I was in. Right. And just to clarify for the viewers, this was Ms. Corporate America MS. So that's why you were competing with some women who were old. It was the Ms. category. Exactly. Can you tell us more about the pageant, um, the, the Corporate America pageant? I haven't really heard of it, um, but through you. Yeah. So the Corporate America pageant is for corporate women or entrepreneurs, which is different. You don't see a lot of pageants like that. And mm -hmm. age range is spread out. So it's all about interview, how you carry yourself, how you promote women, how you give back to the community, leadership, those qualities. That's what really attracted me to the organization. So there's a huge emphasis on interview. If you bomb interview, <laughs> it's not going to work out for you. You can have the prettiest dress, but interview is key when it comes to Miss Corporate America because you're attracting sponsors and donors who believe in your dreams and who are willing to invest in the organization. Right. And it, there are four phases of competition. So you have the behind the scenes interview, you have evening gown, fun, fun fashion. Well, it's called aerobic wear, aerobic wear, fun fashion. And okay. then you have your on stage question. Okay. With it, so the, the main part of it is the interview. That's the main, is it scored more? Is it yes. worth more? Yes, it's worth more. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. It's worth the most. So during your reign as Miss Corporate America, congratulations on winning. I know it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been some time, yes. <laughs> um, back since 2015, but congratulations on winning. Um, what were some of the biggest keys to your reign when you had the title? What were some of the biggest things you were able to do as Miss Corporate America? Yeah, so I think I was able to take advantage of over 200 community appearances, community and corporate appearances, because I had a media plan. I think a lot of times when people go in there like, I just want to win the crown and they win the crown and there's nothing else after the crown. It's like, okay, you should have created a plan of action because you only have one year to rock this. So what are you going to do? What legacy are you going to leave behind? For me, I was able to combine everything I was doing with the Miss Corporate America organization. So I became a speaker and MC was featured in a lot of publications. I was able to judge pageants. I was able to travel to different conferences and speak. So it really helped me to build my network and my brand. I love that. I love that. And were you doing all this yourself? Like, were you self-managing your title? Like you were reaching out to people yourself? Yeah. And, and that actually 
is what started my interest and my my career pursuits in communication because I was researching my butt off um, so that I could learn how to land appearances, do all of this. And so I started a communications firm, a freelance writing and communications firm right after that because I was like, man, I think I'm good at this. I think I can do this for other people as well. So I, I, it's so funny. You never know the different ways in, in which you can turn your, your passion into profits or passive income. It's pretty amazing. Right. And we're getting into this because you went, so you're in accounting, you have a money side, but you went more into writing about money. So would you say like you're, you had to learn how to write in a sense, as opposed to printing numbers was writing, did it come easy to you? Or did you have to learn that part of it? I started off with blogging. So when I started my careers in accounting, I also started off blogging. Oh, nice. <laughs> So 2010, when I had to do a pageant, I was like, okay, I have to get outside of my comfort zone. What does that mean? I created a blog and I shared my entire journey with the world. So I blogged almost every week about what I was doing with my first pageant. That's still up, but I don't show anybody that blog. <laughs> That's how I started with the blog. And I just continued blogging after that. Uh, when I started, it was just for me to share but now I'm able to use that as my portfolio yeah. and land gigs and help other people start blogs. And I do a lot of SEO. Just there's so many ways to grow as a writer or in the world of communications that people are not aware of, especially with digital technologies. But it all started with me doing pageants and blogging about the experience. What is some of the biggest things you that being a title holder you think helped translate into your professional career? Because by doing patents, you're talking, you're selling yourself. And now in your career, you have to ultimately sell yourself for publications and sell your blog and put yourself out there. So what are some of the biggest skills you think transferred over from being a pageant girl to being a professional working woman that you are today? Exactly. I would say my whole life is probably due to pageantry. <laughs> <laughs> Be experiencing this if it wasn't for my pageant experience. So one, pageantry taught me not to be afraid to ask for what I want. So if I see something that I think is cool and I want to do, it's like, okay, just go for it. See what it's about. Try it. Don't hold back. Right. It gave me the courage to transition careers. It gave me the confidence to be able to speak to diverse audiences because sometimes you can speak with your girls or you can speak with your people in a different way but when it comes to interacting with people from all over the world there may be those communication barriers and pageantry gave me that confidence to be able to speak up and talk to people of different cultures it also helped me with writing and resumes because i even though pageantry is typically viewed on stage I really worked my butt off behind the scenes. I wanted to have the best resume. So I I just, I did a lot of resume writing, essay writing, all of that through the pageant experience. Oh, so that I could nail my online profile before they even met me. I think that's important. Like you only got maybe 10 seconds to wow somebody, but you want to give them an impression before they even know, before they even see your face. You want to leave some type of impression. And the way you write, the way you share your story can make people think like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. I want to see her before they even meet you. Yeah. So this is this was before you went to nationals, you were doing all this. I was doing all of this, every pageant that I lost. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was getting better and better. I think it's so much power in losing. Yeah. You know, like if you win, you probably won't gain all of that. You won't be motivated. But every pageant I lost, I became better and better at what I was doing. And that's what happens. That's that's the power of continuing on uh, to something. You just you get better at it. Yeah. Persistence is key, especially in a pageant world, you know, because you are just learning more and more as you go forward. And as you keep competing, I mean, you're like, OK, maybe I need a new dress, maybe my physical, um, how I present myself wasn't the best light. Maybe my paperwork was a little shysty or something. You know, you have to be persistent in this world. And I love that. That's your story and how you lost four times and then you won a national title. So for anyone listening, I really hope that you guys are glued into this like you can do it just keep going and it's just probably a title waiting for you with the name of it it's a matter of just putting yourself out there to compete for it you know definitely i always tell people never let the word no stop your flow if you can keep going when you hear a no you will eventually get what you want or something better right never let no stop your flow okay this is another <laughs> another thing to write down you're like chock full of like um one-liners are, are these from your book it's from pageantry this is my experience this is how i felt with life and so when i was competing and creating my websites these were would all come when i was blogging you know those great ideas come those those great nuggets come that describe your experience perfectly i got you i got you so when it comes to self-promotion both during your title and even now in life, what is like the biggest key of advice you can tell us as far as like how to promote yourself effectively? Like I know a lot of people, there are some tricks I heard that some people use as like a fake name as their PR person to send out emails to other people. Um, Cause they just are nervous to send an email from themselves, I guess in a way. So they have an alter ego sending email for appearances. So what are some keys or some tips you can give us title holders um, to gain that confidence to really sell yourself, whether it's for an appearance, whether it's to write an article or to share your blog with someone else. What are some confidence tips you can give us about self-promotion? Yeah, so I love to talk to introverts about this because, hey, I'm an introvert. <laughs> so I would say you have to own your power without saying a word. And that is done through your written profile. That's why I enjoy writing so much because you don't have to verbally say it or interact with thousands of people to put yourself out there, but your written profile can probably say more than you ever can. So make sure your LinkedIn is on point. Make sure you're highlighting your accomplishments and everything that makes you who you are and differentiates you from the next person. Do your Instagram and Facebook. You don't have to manage all of them at the same time, but find your place, find your space, and nail that, nail your profile. Get a blog. Have Use your blog as your portfolio so that when people look at your blog, they can find out more about different aspects of your life and, and just see themselves in your blog. Right. You can just do all of this without saying a word. Everything you write, we write so much every day and we don't even realize it. Yeah. We're writing, <laughs> we're writing blogs, blogs, we're posting on LinkedIn. It's a written world. It's, that's what digital technologies is all about. It's all about written, you know, people are doing video too, but yeah. written, word, written word is very popular. So as an introvert, own that. Take ownership of your written voice because even when you're not talking, 
people can access your written profile 24 7. you don't even need to be there it's accessible online <laughs> cool about that it's like passive income but passive networking in a sense oh. <laughs> yes i love that Oh my goodness. And then also, you, you know, people, you can get um, Grammarly, so you can edit your words if you are a little nervous about writing or your grammar, you know, get Grammarly on your desktop or as an extension for editing, or you can hire someone to edit your words too. So even if you are afraid of writing, you know, I left my favorite part is editing people's stuff. I'm not really, I do some, consider myself a writer, but I like editing more. And so, you know, if, I just, I just mentioned that because people like hate writing because they don't know if they're good at it. Like you can just get stuff like that edited, you know? Exactly. I was about to say that you are an expert writer. So if anybody needs help, they can definitely go to you. I've seen your work and absolutely love it. You have a journalism background, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, I do. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we're on the same path in a sense because I left my dream job too at 28. Well, wow. 18 days before I turned 28. Wow. <laughs> Yes. Look at that. See, pageantry probably influenced that. Pageantry gives you those the courage to make those bold moves sometimes because you're around people who are constantly just going outside their comfort zone. It, it becomes your norm. You normalize doing bold things. Right. And everything you do as title holder has to be bold because you are that public face. So even just talking to strangers, that's a bold move. Signing up to compete is a bold move. Being in a swimsuit is bold. Watching other girls compete for multiple systems, that's bold. You know, it takes, it takes a certain level of I guess craziness to be a pageant girl because you really have to just dismiss all the naysayers and just really live life like how you want it. You do. You're right. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about life after you won your title, your title, Miss Corporate America. That's kind of like the purpose for the whole podcast, which because of the way you became this phenomenal dividend queen since you've been Miss Corporate America, and now you're teaching women about dividends, about their money about portfolio, about stocks. So can you just tell us, um, as Miss Corporate America, when you was giving up your title and planning for the life after, what were some of the main things you wanted to do as a, as a has-been, as a former title holder? How did you want to see your life propel once you give up that title? Yeah, so I wanted to become a speaker, a writer, entrepreneur. Those were my three goals. Those have been my three goals for the longest. And I would definitely say I had a chance to dabble into each one of those during the pageant and try new new ways of expressing those visions. So I created the Career Guidance Academy, and it's all about creating career success and a lifestyle you love on your terms and your way. And what I did in 2017 is I started taking advantage of all these different side gigs so I could know what life is like. In different, in different job opportunities. So in case anybody else wants to experience it, it's like, hey, here's the behind the scenes. Here's what it's like. If you want to do this, go for it. So I took on about, I think within the last three or four years, I had about tw over 20 different side gigs and I wrote about most of them. <laughs> oh, I want to see what this is about. Yeah. So I, I, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I was just trying to just i guess go behind the scenes and see what it was like so i did some very interesting things that i've never talked about before <laughs> not not that interesting and crazy it was very fun and other people would you know probably like to do it but you know that's how i started becoming a travel i was a travel writer i 
was a copywriter, wrote about plumbing, which was crazy, didn't know anything about plumbing. I was a brand ambassador. I did extra work. I was also featured in commercials. I did voiceover work. So I was just doing a lot of different things to see what it was like. And hey, you don't have a job, so you can just explore all of those different jobs. Why not? And then you were writing about it along the way on your blog, Career Goddess, Career Goddess Academy, too. Yes, yes, I was writing about it. So I wrote about, hey, this is how I became a journalist on the set of Chicago PD. This is how I started with travel journalism. And this is what you can do, too. So it was just going behind the scenes so that other people can have step by step directions or just insights into how it all works. Because sometimes you're curious about a career, how somebody is doing something, but people don't have time to share that. So I'm like, you know what, let me write it down and as many people as possible can see this instead of me trying to talk to 50 or 100 people. That's not possible. Let me write it down so that everybody can see this. And that's kind of how the Career Goddess Academy came about. Yes. Nice. So where is your blog at now? Are you still working on it? Are you still hustling and finding jobs? No, I'm not. <laughs> I haven't did anything like that since. 2019, 2018, um, because of the pandemic. So right now, the I don't write about my jobs. So that I might. I write about dividends because dividends. It's a what? Is it a side gig? Well, it could be considered a, a. It's a passive income stream, and I think it's fun because it's like finding the companies that you you love and adore, or finding companies that you think will be around. As a woman, I like to invest in things that are socially responsible. So I do a lot of research on the stocks that I invest in. But that, that's what I that's what I spend most of my time doing, writing and investing in various stocks. So let's just go ahead and just dive into that too, since we are um since we have you a little bit. So for people who don't know the basics, that's like a loud car, so I don't know if you can hear it. For people who don't know the basics of dividends and stocks, can you explain the difference between can you explain what a dividend is when it comes to stocks? Yeah, so let's talk about stocks first. Stocks are a piece of ownership, partial ownership in a company. So if you buy a stock, um, any company out there, think Apple, Tesla, that means you are a part owner based on how many shares you buy. Okay. Now, as an owner, some companies will reward you. They're happy that you became an owner. So they're like, hey, I'm going to give you rewards points. You know, like our store rewards points. Yeah. That we <laughs> That's how dividends work. You get those rewards every three months as long as you are an investor. So you invest in this one company stock. You get you 100 shares of that company stock. And the dividend is probably an annual dividend of $4 a year. So that means you have 100 shares. $4 a year, you're getting $400 every year that the company declares a dividend. The board of directors has an option every quarter to declare a dividend. So once they declare that dividend, you'll get access to, if it's $400 a year, that's $100 every quarter if the company pays quarterly. So ultimately, your stocks can pay you back. Your stocks can pay you back. <laughs> they can pay you an extra stream of income for life. That's what's so awesome because... With rewards points, you may use up all your rewards points. Maybe you have 30 rewards points. Well, yeah. once those 30 rewards points are gone, you got to accumulate more. Right, you got to keep shopping. Exactly. It's not like that with stocks. 
once you get your 100 stocks, you can keep building on and buying more stocks. Or you don't have to do a thing. You have those 100 stocks and the company is going to continue to pay you your $400 every month or every quarter, when, however often they pay dividends for life. As long as they continue to pay it, you don't have to do a thing. And guess what? You don't just have to commit to one company and say, hey, I'm just getting dividends from this company. You can get dividends from companies all over the world. So imagine getting this $400 from one stock company A in January, another $1,000 from company B. Company C giving you something else. Company D, they're all giving you money. So you're just getting checks passively. Just, <laughs> just checks are falling out. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I first learned about dividends. Was it, it had to be last month or it was this year. It was this year because I invested in Walmart. Oh, Walmart paid me money. And I was like, oh. It was only 68 cents. I don't have a lot now. I have a, I have a lot of stock. So I, that's, that'll probably make this mistake because I got a lot of stock, but I got a lot of small shares. So I'd rather just get more shares and less stock. But I have a lot of stocks. And so Walmart gave me 68 cents. And I was like, oh, thank you. And I was like, Walmart stock in Walmart. I'm like, I didn't know that this was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it's about. It's about getting that first dividend. You know what I'm saying? It's not about having $1,000 all at once. Once you get that first dividend, I think it unlocks something mentally. Mentally, you're like, wait, a company just gave me money. I'm used to giving them money, but they're giving me money. It shifts the game. And now you expand what's possible for you because you're opening yourself up to learning more ways to make passive income just because you did that. That's why I like dividends, not because of the money, but because of how it expands your mind into different areas. Once you do that one thing or get into that one area where it seems impossible, other doors are going to open up for you. More ideas of what's possible are going to be created for you. And that's the beauty of it. I love that. I've been reading this book, um, Rich Dad Poor Dad. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Before. And one of his main things is just like learning. Like, you'd be a millionaire if you knew how to be a millionaire. And that's one of the things separating us from being poor and being rich that we just don't have that information. Once you have that access to that information and access to what to do with our money, you know, then you can't necessarily say that, you know, you're, at that point, you're financially struggling by choice. Because you know things and you have this knowledge of how to get more money. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's why I learned. I was like, oh, you know, you, you're really just, you're not really poor. You just don't know what to do with your money. You know what I'm saying? We just, we're, we're not taught what to do with our money besides spend it. But there's other ways to spend it where it flips it and comes back to you. You just don't know that. You just don't know. That's a powerful idea because a lot of people are like, I want to be a millionaire. I'm like, okay. Or they say, I want to have a million dollars. Guess what? You can have a million dollars and still be broke because you don't know what to do with your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. True. Or, you know, I think sometimes when I see how much I spend my money and I'm like, oh, did I really need that? Or I like let some things go like that I spent. Like I bought, um, I took a, a, a flight recently and I paid $20 to get a window seat. But then I missed my flight <laughs> at the airport at the TSA lines. And then I was like, and then I got on next flight and I had a window seat by default. And so I'm like, okay, I just spent 20 bucks for a seat that I didn't even use. And so I'm like, okay, it's $20, I'll let it go. 
And so I think about how much times I did that with my money where I spent something and I didn't care to use whatever I spent it on. And I'm just like, how much money is that? Like, it like it bothers me. Sometimes I feel like we're gonna, we're gonna get a million dollars in our lifetime. Like by between like 10, when you start first collecting money and 65, like I feel like we're all gonna have like a million dollars in and out of our lives. But it's just like, spending habits is just, throws all that out the door. And I, it just bothers me so much how much money I probably left at the table buying like stupid stuff, like tacos, when I could have been buying like stocks or, <laughs> or you know, donating that to my um, IRA or my, just anything I could be doing with my money. And it's just like, this is mind boggling. Yeah, but now you know you can do so much with it. The power is in your hands, it's, it's incredible. Right. And you wrote a book, too, about how women should have more. Was it more stocks in their shoe collection? So it was dividends our queen's best friend. I was actually writing a book about how to build a stock portfolio that's bigger than your shoe collection. And one of the chapters was about dividends. And the chapter was just getting so long. I was like, OK, this needs to be its own book. And dividends our queen's best friend became our first book because we can earn extra income while doing what we love, not breaking a nail, not lifting a finger, not doing anything extra, adding another item to our to-do list, we can make more money. People paying us. It's time that we as women, we get things done for us, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Why not get things done for us? Because we are always doing everything, acting like super women, you know? And we can find ways to get a little help. Get some, it's not even help. We're, we're, the the way of the world you know when when yeah. you're this, we get rewards from it so why not get some of those rewards that everyone else is getting <laughs> so true and then also this feels good too making your own money and knowing you can contribute to your household or you can use that money you know to compete in another country to pay out some of those fees too exactly so are you able to i know i know you might of being a financial advisor, but when I ask you financial advice here, are you able to give us some examples of some of the stocks that can pay you back dividends that we can know about? Are you able to share some gems? I'm not a financial advisor, um, but there are so many stocks that give you dividends and I'm not recommending any of these stocks. These are just offhand. So like you said, Walmart, you have Target, you have Apple. What other stores are out there? There are just so many stores and companies. So you, ha you have to look at the difference between types of stocks. Okay. You have dividend stocks, which are going to pay you money, but the growth is probably going to be slow. They are probably not going to double overnight. <laughs> so that's what you're sacrificing, that growth. So you okay. want to balance out your portfolio with income and growth. Growth stocks are like your Tesla, Google, Amazon. They're not giving you a dividend. Why? Because they're reinvesting that money back into the company so that they continue to grow. That's why you you can see increases in a day or two days or a week. A stock may go from six hundred to seven hundred dollars. They're investing in their their growth. Oh, got you, got you. So that's why my my Tesla stock is a pain. <laughs> yeah, Tesla is not. They are not a dividend paying stock. They're more of a growth stock. Okay. So do, do a lot of companies, once they get to a certain point, become a dividend company? Uh, so when a company has profits, they have two choices. They can keep that money for themselves 
or they can give it to their shareholders, um, return some of that money to shareholders. So yes, when the company may feel that, it, it all depends on the company, but Apple was like an anomaly. So that's why I'm like hesitant right now because Apple mm -hmm. is a, it's like that hybrid growth stock plus income stock. It's been growing exponentially. They did a stock split last year. The stock um, has doubled within the last four years. It's more than doubled. So it's an anomaly. But most stocks, uh, most companies, they are looking to grow fast and may not give out that money to their investors. But there are stocks that there are companies that have been paying dividends for over 25 or 50 years. <laughs> look at that list and say, hey, I can pretty much count on this company paying me a dividend because they've been doing it since I was born. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there are companies out there. So if you're looking for companies that are safer, you look at companies that have a record of doing that over a period of time. Okay. And it's just, it's just a matter of just Googling who's going to pay me a dividend. <laughs> it is, I guess you can do it by industry. You can, because there are thousands of stocks out there. There are thousands of dividends. So a lot can come up when you, when you um, put that in, you have okay. criteria for your stocks. You, you you can have a stock like a real estate stock mm -hmm. but the dividend from the real estate stock is not necessarily the same dividend that you'll get from a walmart or an apple so a real estate stock we call those reits real estate investment trusts and they will give you a higher dividend so some people are like walmart is not giving me enough money four percent five percent six percent yield on my investment so i'm going to invest in real estate stocks with real estate stocks, you're getting a higher investment because the company is required to give you to give shareholders 90% of the money that they bring in in order to maintain their status as a REIT. So they're giving out higher dividends. Okay. But you have to look at what's behind those dividends and it's rent payments. So if tenants stop paying their rent or something like that, and we know that that happened last year. Yeah that may be a problem okay 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 okay. got it so just do your research when it comes to finding stocks and then do your research find your industry there's a wide array of stocks so find your industry industry like what do i know well what would be easy for me to research what do i buy when it comes to trading you may take on a different strategy trading mm -hmm. means i'm getting in the stock one day and i'm getting out either that same day or two weeks later you're either you're day trading or swing trading or some type of other trading but yeah. investing, you're typically in there for the long run. So you want to look at what companies have the vision and the, the growth opportunities to be there the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Okay. Okay. That's a good rule of thumb. Because like what we've seen lately has been an influx of day traders, technically, right? The right. People who are like, I guess, short-term investors with, the, with Robinhood or people who buy a stock and plan on selling it in less than a year. That's kind yep. of like the influx we've been seeing lately. Yep, short term. Um, so investors are people who are in it for the long run. So day traders are probably not getting dividends. <laughs> day traders because you have to hold your stock for a certain period of time in order to qualify for the dividend. Right. And okay. so once you sell your stock, you don't get access to those dividends. So dividend investing and things like that, that's more of a long-term investing strategy. Traders are just getting those quick profits, but with those quick profits also come taxes. So that's another situation. <laughs> yes. The 
short-term capital gains tax. I've been learning about that too. Yes. <laughs> gains tax. Yes. I love it. Yes. And it's, it's like 37%, right? It depends on your income. So okay. it ranges from 10% to 37%. So based on your ordinary income bracket, whatever income bracket you fall in, that's how much you'll be paying for your short-term capital gains. Now, if you're really, if you really want to deal on your tax bill, you would wait over a year. Those are the long-term capital gains rates. And those rates are 0%, 15%, and 20% plus an additional investment charge for the high earners. And your tax on how much you make, correct? Not how much you necessarily put in. So if you put in $100 and you made $100, so you have $200, are you taxed on the extra 100 or are you taxed on the 200 Profits, yep, profits. So would you... What you sell it for minus what you bought it for. Yep. So what we're going to see, maybe not this tax season, maybe it was this tax season, but next tax season, is everybody who bought those game share stocks <laughs> in a pickle because the taxes are due. And some people sold their stock share already. I actually saw a story where this one guy has an $80,000 tax bill. I just saw it two days ago. An $80,000 tax bill because he didn't know about capital gains. He kept... And then I guess he was he had between like two million dollars at one point and he just kept trading every day. <laughs> wow. See, and a, a lot of people are like, oh, trading is sexy. I don't have to wait. I can get my money now. But that tax bill can eat into all your profits and you won't have anything left if you're trying to worry about the eighty thousand dollar tax bill. So you have to be when you're thinking about how you are going to be in the markets, how you're going to invest. Think about both sides of the equation, income and expenses. That's in everything you do. Think about both sides of the equation. Okay. I love that too. Cause in a book I was reading, one of his strategies is to use what you make, put some of that aside for the tax and then um, either buy more or then just save your profits, but to use your profits to pay that tax off. That's one of the main things he said. Yep. You have to be disciplined if you're going to do that strategy. Like every, if you're trading every day, you have to be disciplined in the amount that you're saving. Right, right. It's, I mean, it's ultimately like gambling. It's like gambling and then paying a the bill after. <laughs> like, could you imagine? <laughs> but yeah, there are so, so many strategies for trading too to make you a better trader. So find out what's your jam, what you are comfortable doing, and do that. I got you. I do want to acknowledge someone who is watching right now, Miss um, Jones. She says, great evening, ladies. I'm currently at work, but she cannot wait to listen to the replay. Thank you so much for sharing this information. Hi, Miss <laughs> Jones. I'm glad you're loving it. <laughs> I can't repeat watch this replay. It is good. Um, so just real quick for our pageant queens, when it comes to money, what are some um, ways that we can fundraise? We have the dividends option, but what are some other ways that we can fundraise to pay for our pageant fees and expenses? Yeah, so I would say dividends, that's more of a long-term plan. You want to reinvest those dividends and be strategic about those dividends. Okay. But short term, when it's a year and under, first, you want to know, what are my costs? <laughs> How much money do I need? You know what I'm saying? You have to know your numbers because if you're just saving and don't have no target, how in the world will you know if you met your goal or not? So target first, it's 50,000, right? So then you you can, I look at your income and expenses. We're looking at both sides of the equation. Do I need to make more money or do I need to decrease my expenses? Or do I need to do both? to expedite the progress. 
And so a lot of people like to call it a budget. I don't like to use the B word often because I am not a huge budgeter. Um, but what I am a fan of is knowing your numbers. There is so much power in knowing how much go comes in and how much goes out. Every single day, I look at my net worth. Your net worth is your assets and liabilities. In order to increase your net worth, maybe your assets have to increase. But if your assets are not increasing, like your stock investments, your retirement accounts, whatever your assets are, they're not increasing. You have to make sure your income exceeds your expenses and that that income becomes an asset. I know that that's mm -hmm. you're looking at your income and your expenses. If you keep more, then you put out the door, yeah. then you will be able to turn that extra income into an asset, whether it be cash, stocks, retirement accounts, emergency savings, something. Gotcha. You always want to keep more so that you can be able to turn that into uh, an asset. And as long as your income continuously exceeds your expenses and you're able to save, guess what? Your net worth will continue increasing. But in order to know your exact number, in order to get to your exact number, you have to decide, what am I going to do? The income or the expense piece? Am I going to get side gigs? Am I going to ask for a promotion? Am I going to fundraise? If I do choose to fundraise, how do I get donors? I created a website. I told all my donors, hey, I'm going to acknowledge you on this website if you support me. I also created a media package. That media package showed them exactly what I was using the money for. It told them about the pageant. It showed them my platform. So I had a five-page media package that I would send out to people so that they could know what they're giving their money towards. Was this just friends and family that you were giving this to, or was it um, corporate sponsors? No, I wasn't giving it to friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was giving my sponsorship package to my job, my corporate, you know, the corporation, to the beauticians, to the um, owners, the owners of the beauty salons, the whatever I needed. I was giving my sponsorship package to these individual community partners, whoever it was that I thought would want to be on this journey with me. Your platform will help you to identify those partners. So think about your platform. Who are people who would be invested invested in helping you to magnify that platform right. and connect with them? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I want to back on something you said real fast because I didn't want to um, lose your explanation. So when it comes to assets and liabilities for people who are listening, Assets is what bring you money and what pays you money. So kind of like the dividends, your job, having a having a property, anything that gives you money is considered an asset, correct? Yep, so anything you own, assets equal what you own, liabilities are what you owe. Right, so liabilities is anything that you have to spend your money towards, paying. So like, it's mortgage, <laughs> rent, <laughs> I was trying to think. <laughs> Yeah. So anything that you have to spend money on is a liability. Anything that you own that's making you money is an asset. So what you were saying is make sure your assets, um, what's coming in is more than your liabilities and your expenses. So what's going out. So your expenses and your liabilities is what's going out. Your income and your assets is what's coming in. So you want your income and your assets to be higher than your expenses and your liabilities. And you ultimately want your assets 
the money from your assets to help pay for your liabilities and your expenses. And then anything else, you can save. Is that correct? There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, sure I have all this, all this time. I'm just, look, I'm telling you, I'm learning all this this year. Like, I read that book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, got halfway through it, and now I am an expert on everything money. <laughs> yes, <that was> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm completely just kidding, but um, when it comes to um, so for fashion girls, so giving out a media packet is a really smart idea. I never even thought about that. I thought about giving out like a piece of paper or something, but like having a whole packet that's so so smart. Um, when it comes to saving the money, like physically saving the money to use later. Is there anything that we can use separate from like our personal online bank account? Would you suggest opening up an online savings account or putting it in the shoe box in the closet? The money that we fundraise and make. Yeah, you can create an account because some people may want to give you the money electronically. So have an account set up specifically for your, if pageantry is a, a huge thing for you, do that. Or if pageantry is your business. <laughs> You can create a business account, have all your transactions flow through there. That's an entirely different topic. You know, if that's how you make your turn your passion into profit. And that's another program that I created profit from your pet profit from pageantry, creating a business around what you love. You create your business legal entity. It's a separate entity. It houses your income and your expenses. It's completely separate from you. So it's its own financial um, machine. <laughs> I love that. Um, we can have a whole other discussion about that too um, uh, later on if you want to come back and share us more tips and tricks. Um, yes, I let you <laughs> Absolutely. Um, before I let you go, is there anything like a top three money saving advice or any gems that you want to leave with us that help us get that much more richer and smarter about our money? Yeah, definitely. One, have a goal. When I say have a goal, I'm talking about a lot of goals, but have a savings goal. Do you want to save 10%, 20%, 30%? I started off with the traditional 10% and 20% when I was in corporate America, but now I aim to do 80%. I save 80% of my income to, uh, for investments and things like that. So have a goal because that's going to dictate your strategy. Two, be open to using your passion, your gifts, what you already are good at to make another stream of income so that you can increase your savings rate. Guess what? You can, how about if you save everything from your side hustle? That's a different concept, saving everything from your side hustle. Right. And three, invest some of the money. Invest the money so that it can continuously grow so that in the long term, let's say you want to do a pageant in your 60s. Hey, you can use that money, that tax-free money from your Roth IRA to fund your pageant journey. <laughs> Miss Senior America, yes, I am. Exactly, exactly. So think about what you can do for now to fund your goals, but don't forget about later. Think about the future you and the type of life you want to have. If you want to be glamorous and do pageants later, prepare for that right now. Get those expenses saved up right now today. Yes. I love that. So you said you save 80% of your income. How are you so disciplined? Is it just knowing your future self is going to thank you? Or like, how do you stay so disciplined? Yeah, this was definitely not me uh, in my 20s. I spent all my money and saved like 10 or 20%. But 
right now I make sure I have certain accounts for savings. So I just don't touch certain accounts and I don't see those accounts. When you don't see something, you don't act like you, you don't have it. You know, I only go to, so I have different banks that I use. And one bank is like my primary bank where I'm spending. And if I have a little bit of money in there, I'm like, oh my God, I'm broke. I don't realize I have all this save. I'm like, I'm broke. I got to do something. Oh, okay. 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 So I'm only using money from a few of my side gigs to live, but the majority of my side gigs, I'm not touching right now. And I just started this um, on my birthday. So I'm doing a year challenge to save the majority of my income um, that I'm getting from side gigs. And it was just your birthday too, wasn't it? In February. Yep. Okay. Yep. Recently you bought dividend stocks for your birthday instead of shoes. I think you said you pay yourself, yeah. for yourself a dividend. I bought a dividend. Yep. I bought some dividend stocks. <laughs> That's like a great birthday gift. I'm gonna start giving out that for Christmas. Here goes your stock family. <laughs> yes, there you go. I love that so much. Um, Charlene, thank you so much. For people who want to know how to buy your books, can you let us know the books that you've written and where they are available? Yes, so Dividends Our Queen's Best Friend is available on Amazon, perfect for the person who wants more passive income without lifting a finger. And then you have How to Find Happiness Again. If you are not feeling yourself and you need a mental shift before you start investing, read How to Find Happiness Again, because it will walk you through that process that will help you to attract opportunities so you can have more money to invest and do what makes you happy right. <laughs> on Amazon as well. <laughs> so hop on Amazon. We can find it under your name, Charlene Reinhardt. Yes. I love that so much. And then how can people connect with you on Instagram and on social media? Yes, on Instagram, I am Charlene Reinhardt, first and last name. And where am I? <laughs> Are you on Facebook? Can I be Facebook friends with you? Facebook, I am Charlene Reinhardt. Are you accepting friends? <laughs> <laughs> Under Charlene Reinhardt, the like page. I, I'll be honest, I'm so horrible with Facebook. Like, I, I'm horrible. I'm horrible with accepting friends and all of that stuff. I'll be honest. But... If you find me on Instagram, that would definitely be a be much better place. Or LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my place, too. Okay, gotcha. Well, thank you so much, Charlene, for giving us all of these financial tips. I love it so much. I've been following you for so long, so I'm glad to have you on the podcast finally to talk to us about our money. And I need you to come back and just keep dropping these gems for us because we need it. Thanks for having me. I love your show. Love what you're doing. So keep going. This is what we need right now. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. It gives me, let me, let me, let's know people are actually listening and that I'm on the right track. So I do appreciate that feedback. Yes, yes. Keep it going. You're profiting from your passion. <laughs> yeah, that's why we are on YouTube. <laughs> that is why we came to YouTube. <laughs> I'm not going to leave y'all on the table. I have a great little podcast making a little money off Anchor. No, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> YouTube checks. <laughs> yes. oh, well, thank you, Charlene. I appreciate having you on this episode. For those who are listening and those who are watching, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. I hope your glasses are empty. Mine isn't just yet, but I'm going to get there. Charlene, it was lovely. And thank you guys so much for watching. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace. Bye-bye.